Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the music accountability podcast where we keep each other accountable because both of us for too long were sick of saying you need to listen to this. And then in our own not aggressive way, never asking if they did listen. <laughs> but in, in this case, we must. We must After. listen. We both agreed to it. It was a handshake deal. We've never touched hands. Never once. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brand. I'm your co-host. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. We're good. We're, good. If I cared at all about the product, well, if I cared more about the production, I would have come in with a synth background. I would have come in just just having a vibe. And right. we're not there yet, but we're getting there, Scott. We're here to talk about the Human League. Yeah. More importantly, their album, Dare. Yes. I only knew this record by this band, Scott. I didn't know any history by this band. Okay. And when, when I did these notes, yeah, I don't know if it's because we're essentially looking at like nerds. Like these are nerds. <laughs> But these sure. the notes are such a story, and the okay the, the notes are such a and almost like a well documented story. I'm just wondering, did these people sit down every night and write exactly what happened every single day of their lives? That they wrote diaries. Do these people have spreadsheets about everything they've watched in their <laughs> entire lives? So who does that? I gotta dive into the notes, Scott, because if I waste any more time, this is gonna be a marathon episode. Let's do it. I know you're a half marathon. I'm guy. I'm only good for half, <laughs> but here we go. The Human League are an English synth pop band formed in Sheffield in 1977. Okay. Before adopting the name The Human League, the band briefly had two previous incarnations. And I will okay. tell you about those now. Sure. <laughs> in early 77, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, who met at a youth arts project called Meat Whistle. I couldn't tell you what that is. Meat Whistle. Couldn't tell you what that is. It was a youth arts project in Sheffield, apparently. Okay. They were both working as computer operators. So right off the bat. Yep. We got got nerds. We got nerds. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Their musical collaboration combined pop, which at the time was like glam rock, and then Tamla Motown, which I looked into. Tamla was a sub record label of... Arista, maybe? Okay. MCA? I did look this up, but I don't remember offhand. 
so they would mix pop, which was the glam metal or the uh, Tamla Motown, with avant-garde electronic music. So just nerds being nerds, Scott. Right. <laughs> just nerds being nerds. Like, this, right. is, this sounds great. This sounds great. With the price of electronic components dropping in the mid-70s, equipment became more affordable for the average consumer. Mm-hmm. So Warren Marsh purchased a Korg 700F synthesizer together and then learned how to play it. Oh, sure. Also, all these notes have like exact instruments on what they were using. Like if you're, if you're into electronic music and you know what any of these things mean, this would be an amazing read for you. Right. Like they <laughs> look it, into it. It goes through the decades of the band and like tells you during this period, this so-and-so. This is the so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Crazy to me. They were asked to play a friend's 21st birthday party and called themselves the Dead Daughters. Oh. So the first in- incarnation is was the Dead Daughters. The Dead Daughters. And wow. their live highlight at the time, Scott, mm-hmm. was a rendition of the Doctor Who theme. We are a Doctor Who family over here. But do you see where we're still but, at? It's yes, still Nerd City. It's, I know. Like, it's just... still Nerd City. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't recall the Doctor Who theme from the late 70s. <laughs> But man, that's that's phenomenal. Joined by friend Audie Newton and another synthesizer, Scott, a Roland <laughs> System 100. Oh, the System 100. They formed the future, is what the they called future. it. Future, okay. And created a rehearsal space in a disused cutlery workshop. Wow. So much like what Guar had, what a, a milk factory. Yeah. Chumbawamba had something also that was weird. Was it like a a shed an apple shed is yeah, something oh, no that was radiohead radiohead had okay. the radiohead had the apple shed yeah. and now we have human league in a disused cutlery workshop yeah audie newton soon left and formed the band clock dva which is a quick sound. Ah. don't know who clock dva is either me neither if, if somebody's into electronic like synth pop of this era this is big time stuff for them this is the episode for you where decided they needed a singer rather than another keyboard player Go figure. So they said, we might need a singer. During this time, they weren't getting much traction because from what I understand, they didn't have a singer. It was just They them. just played a bunch of synths. Yes. <laughs> Warren Marsh searched for a vocalist, and when Glenn Gregory wasn't available, they decided old school friend Philip Oakley should be invited to join the band. Okay. Now, Glenn Gregory eventually would become the vocalist of Heaven 17, which is the band that Warren Marsh both formed later. After the Human League. Yes, after okay. they left the Human League. Gotcha. Man, there's a lot of history here. Yes, and it's all wild. Because we're, yeah. still, we're still in Nerd City. Yeah. Trying to find a vocalist. I don't think we leave Nerd City. Scott, it's about to get denser. Are you ready? Oh, God. Philip Oki was working as a hospital porter. Don't know what that is. I imagine driving the ambulance, maybe. Or maybe, like, a person that, like brings stuff to the rooms like i don't know i don't know i'm sure it's a british thing well philip oakey was known on the sheffield social scene for his eclectic style of dress oh he was a fabulous dresser Ware thought he would be ideal as the vocalist for the for the band because quote he already looked like a pop star that's it that's all you need despite oakey having zero musical experience none I like the way this guy dresses. Yeah. He's Let's got to have a band. fantastic voice, I'm Let's sure. Get him in the band. <laughs> With the new lineup and sound and vocalist, it was decided the band needed a new name. Yeah. Enter the Human League. 
There the Human go. League is a group in the sci-fi board game Starfire Alpha Centauri. Oh, Scott. Wow. Nerd City. Yeah. Boy, we are there. In the game, the Human League arose in 2415 AD and were a frontier-oriented society that desired more independence from Earth. Well, in <laughs> 2415, that's what you do. That's all That's all you can do. That's if probably Earth dead is, by that point. I was going to say, that's if Earth is still around. The band released a demo and signed to independent label Fast Product. Okay. Good day. They released a single, played some shows, hired a director of visuals, played in support of Susie and the Banshees. Hey. And had David Bowie in the crowd for a show. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Which afterward, Bowie declared to NME. And if we recall, NME is like one of like probably the Rolling British. Stone over there, basically. Yeah. yeah. He declared to NME that he had, quote, seen the future of pop music. Oh, my. David Bowie said that. David Bowie said that's early the future. Human League. Early Human League. Yeah. And then would, then would go on to, like, develop the future of pop music <laughs> yes. for decades. Yes. In 1979, the band accepted an offer by Virgin Records, toured with Iggy Pop, and hey. then settled in to record their first single for Virgin. Okay. Virgin insisted on sweeping changes to the band's style oh. in order to make it more commercial, despite promising them recording freedom and creative freedom. They're like, so sign this contract, write whatever you want. Yeah. We'll record it. We'll put it out. But it's got to sound better than this. Yeah, it got it <laughs> got to be. We got to be able to sell this thing. It's got to be on the radio. So then having already accepted a large signing advance, Oh, yeah. That's what they did back then. Ware insisted that any releases in that style be credited to a pseudonym. Oh, okay. So and they're, they're not coming out as a human league. They're coming out as a pseudonym. And they put out a disco-influenced single under the pseudonym The Man. Okay. And it had little in common with previous works. However, it featured guest vocals by Lisa Strike and Katie Kissin, who would join the Human League in 1981. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a fucking labyrinth. Wild. Spot. Yeah. The single did not chart. Their debut album, Reproduction, flopped, and Virgin canceled their 1979 tour. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> In 1980, the band released their second studio album, Travel Log. It was more commercial sounding and ended up at number 16 in the UK charts, giving the band their first success. Hey, it charted. That's awesome. And now here we go, Scott. The relationship okay. between Oki and Ware had always been turbulent, and they often, often quarreled about things creative and personal. Oh, no. So Ware walked out of the band. Okay. And Ian Craig Marsh took his side and joined him in exiting the Human League. So they went out and eventually... That's when they made that other, that other band. Heavy 17. Heavy. Yeah. With Glenn Gregory. Okay. So, Scott, what we have now is a human link with the two guys who started the band not in it. Leaving. And the guy who they hired for his shirts. Yeah, the guy who dressed nice. Being the sole guy in the human link. That's it. By the way, they broke up two weeks before their store was their, their tour was supposed to start. Oh, nice. So, because Oki now had all of the control and obviously took on the debts of human league. Also, he had to find people to tour. He had to find yeah. people to, he had tour. to find so, a whole new band. Oki and his girlfriend at the time went out to find female backing vocalists in the clubs, just in Sheffield, just, just out in the clubs. Up. 
they found two girls, Susan Ann Solly and Joanne Catherall, dancing together. And Oki asked them to join the tour, even though they had no musical again, no musical experience. I like the way you dance. Do you like my shirts? Let's start a band. Scotty goes one step further. He then found out they were both 17. Oh, shit. And had to get permission from their parents <laughs> for them to tour with the band. Oh, my God. And their parents gave it. Of course. Also, I, I need to mention, Oki was like 25 at this time. I think. Oh, great. So him and his great. girlfriend went and found these two 17-year-olds. Yeah. And said, let's join the band. And then had to go ask their parents. Imagine a 25-year-old showing up to ask you permission for your 17-year-old daughter to join a band. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> no. Different time, Scott. Different yeah, oh, time. for sure. So Dare is the Human League's third studio record. Okay. Minus the original guys. This is the first one after the two guys left. And this is when Oki took over the band completely. Just everything. Well, I guess a lot of the arguments were that Oki wanted to be more mainstream and commercial sounding and incorporate more pop music into it, where the other two just wanted to be strict electronic. They just wanted like, to be nerds. They yes. wanted to nerd it up still. <laughs> yes. So the personnel for Dare, Philip Oki on vocal, synth, and cover design. Make sure we... Oh, well, thank goodness. Ian Burden on synth, Joe Callis on synth, Joanne Catherall and Susan Ann Solly, both on vocals. They're Still in the band for this okay. record, not just well, the tour. They are in the band now. Okay. At least they can dance. The album was released in the UK on October 1981 and mid-1982 in the US. Okay. And I decided to go with the 81 for albums released. For, sure. Just, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't look at the other ones, but yeah. I, I got enough from 81 that I think we're all right here. All right. So other albums released October 1981. Got two that we don't know the actual date, but they were releasing this month. It's funny how that happened back in the day. Yeah, they were like, it came out at it, some point. It was sometime around here. We have Sea Jungle, Sea Jungle, go join your gang. Yeah, City All Over, go ape crazy. What? By Bow Wow Wow. Okay. Not a Bow Wow Wow guy, Scott. I've never listened, I don't think. All right, big time, big time, like new wave. New okay. Wave stuff. Gotcha. The other question mark we have Bob Welch, self-titled Bob Welch. Oh, dude. sweet. <laughs> Couldn't live without that one. First one with a date, October 1st, we have Living Eyes by the Bee Gees. Okay, I've never been a Bee Gees guy. I have a Bee Gees live album that I'm kind of into. Oh, that's good. Kind of into it. For years, I was anti-disco, so disco was one of those first things that I got I'm into. Not, yeah, I'm not a disco guy. Uh, disco and new wave like i got disco and then from disco i was like what's going on this time frame and then that's when i was like what? let's look at new wave i need to get into new wave sure i have a feeling i'd be more into new wave than disco at least there would be a touchstone there's some disco that rocks pretty hard though okay there is some disco that rocks pretty hard october 1st also we have gonna ball by stray cats hey there we go i know those guys i knew you were there for at least that one you know yeah. what's going on there <laughs> October 2nd, the police put out Ghost in the Machine. Okay, I know that one. Can't pick a song off of it, but the cover is black with like a digital yep. clock with symbols. Yep. Coming out October 3rd, Lindsey Buckingham put out Law oh. and Order. It's his debut solo record. Yeah, I was going to say his solo record after uh, Fleetwood Mac, or taking a break from Fleetwood Mac, yeah. Yep. First solo record. Oh no, before Fleetwood Mac. Before he joined Fleetwood Mac, I think. 
Oh, I don't know. I didn't know when he, I thought, I thought he was with Fleetwood Mac forever. No. So Fleetwood Mac was a band before Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks start joined. Okay. And then they joined and then became Fleetwood Mac as we know them rumors and yeah. the self-titled record. And then I think that Lindsey Buckingham record came out after. Okay. I, he didn't really leave the band. I think it was just a side solo project thing. That's when you know they're real musicians is when they could be in a band and still put out solo records. Right. Yeah. John Frusciante. October 5th, Saxon put out Denim and Leather. Hey. I'm a big Saxon guy. I, I don't think I've ever listened to Saxon, but I know that's more my genre. Yeah, it's it's a metal record. It's <laughs> yeah. a metal record. I mean, it's early 80s metal, so mm-hmm. don't expect suffocation yeah nothing fantastic (laughs) but it's there i don't think i got into denim and leather but i do know i i I am a saxon guy gotcha october 7th lover boy but i'll get lucky i slight like a hit or two maybe i know of them that's the the red leather pants with the fingers crossed with the fingers crossed behind it yeah october 10th a name i've always heard a lot okay never listened to we Mm. have the album mask by bauhaus I had a Bauhaus record, and then I traded it in. I don't even know what genre they are. They're like gothic, electronic okay. type stuff. October 12th, we have October. You two. Oh, yeah. So their second record, I think? I d- Their first is Boy, and then Matt, or and then October, and then War is their third. Album. Okay, yeah. On October 14th, we have Controversy by Prince. Oh, so many records. He's doing it. Yeah, so he, many he's records. just always coming out. October 16th, The Eurythmics with In the Garden. Okay, I don't think I know that one. October 19th, In Excess, Underneath the Colors. I think all I know of In Excess is Kick. Okay. And I think that's after, I think that's later than 81. And the last one I have here for albums released in October of 81, the debut record, Speak and Spell by Depeche Mode. Okay, I know very little Depeche Mode. When I think Depeche Mode, though, and if I am somehow thinking Human League, I mean, eh, you know, you could you see the there's, parallel in between there. Yeah, they're kind of similar, yeah. I think earlier Depeche Mode was more similar to the Human League. But it doesn't feel, it feels weird to me that Depeche Mode's debut comes out the same month that Human League's third record. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. Depeche Mode has that legacy stamp on it now they're, that... Definitely looked at more highly and yeah. they're respected more than human league for sure. Yeah. But I think they're, uh, that might have to do with the lineup changes that the human league went through in the early years. Potentially, but Philip, Philip Oakey, it remains the only steady member. Right. But like he the guy, original. you know, the guy who was brought in for his pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Became his you have band. some really lovely socks. Do you want to be our singer? And then take over the band. I like those shoes. So you feel like doing something? Yeah. You, you feel like really having great, a career? You got some really great penny loafers. Can we <laughs> get you as a front man? I like your accoutrement. <laughs> what haberdashery do you frequent, sir? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let's go. Billboard. I got the Billboard Hot 100. Let's do it. Week of October 17th, 1981. Okay. Scott is tough. Oh, <laughs> I'm these, sure. These are tough, man. Yeah. Number five, Step by Step, Eddie Rabbit. Okay. Number four, For Your Eyes Only, Sheena Easton. Now, is that like a James Bond song, a theme song? I couldn't tell you for a million dollars. Because For Your Eyes Only is the name of a James Bond movie. 
I don't know when it came out. Your Eyes Only is in 1981. It came out in 1981. I bet it's the theme song. It is the theme. Hey, it is the theme to 007. Good work. Yeah, nice. This is the nerd episode. I'm showing it. <laughs> this is it's big nerd times. <laughs> big nerd times. At number three, Start Me Up, the Rolling Stones. Okay, I know that song. Start me up. And number two, Endless Love, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Endless Love. Who doesn't love that song? I don't know if I know it. You don't know that song? I don't know if I do. Oh, man. I, I mean, maybe I heard it, but I don't, it didn't really, like ring any bells. And when you sang it, I did, it didn't go like, oh, yeah, that one. I don't, I just oh, don't, it's I don't such, know. It's such a sweet song. At number one, Arthur's theme, Best That You Can Do by Christopher Cross. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I have the longest one on the charts at the time. At number 64, 30 weeks on the charts. That's the longest we have on the Hot 100 right now. Yeah, that's a Hot 100, though. It's singles, so. Jesse's Girl, Rick Springfield. Oh, Rick Springfield, man. At, at number 64, 30 weeks on the chart. What a hot track. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And then Coheed and Cambria did a sequel. They did, yeah, they did a sequel to that song, right? And put it out on, yeah, with Rick Springfield, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 he was on it. <laughs> yes, that's right. That was like uh, three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was I, fun. That was a I fun track. To, I wanted to pick it up, but it was only a seven inch, and I don't do too many seven inches, but it's all right. Do you know the um, what's the census fail record uh, in the waiting room? Life is a waiting room, or something like that, where it's. Uh-huh. Like the, the guy gray cover the with teeth. the yeah with the the gas mask on or whatever. you know when they repressed that last year they repressed it as two ten inches. That's so. Why are Fuck they doing that? yourself. Yeah, no Fuck yourself. Unless you're giving it to me in a full size sleeve. Fuck right, yourself. right. Yeah, that I don't. Li- I don't like off. that. They've. I've been seeing that happen a lot lately, uh, and I don't. I don't like it. Do you I think like it has it. something to do with the ten inch blueprints? Isn't the word I'm looking for? The ten inch like tool that they use isn't 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 in use as much as the twelve inch one now. So people are like, hey, we could slip this in, get this done. Maybe I have no idea. I don't know either, but it's it's super annoying. Yeah, fuck you with that. Yeah, I don't like it. Moving on to the Billboard two hundred week of October seventeenth, nineteen eighty one. At number five, Scott, we have Belladonna by Stevie Nicks. Okay, so she's putting she's doing her uh, her solo stuff too. Yep, and that that tracks that makes sense. At number four, you would think Jay Z was here right now, Scott, because it's oh. it's four four four. It's at <laughs> number four, the album four by Foreigner. Ah, uh. at number three, we have Nine Tonight by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Okay. Number two, we have Escape by Journey. Okay. Number yeah, that, one. That's a big. That's a big one. Escape yes, was, I think. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. And then they and at number one, we have Tattoo You, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Yeah. I then went through the top longest albums on this, Scott. Okay. And with 88 weeks, not the longest, but I think this might be one of the longest, like, real records. You'll see what I mean. Okay. At 88, Christopher Cross self-titled, and it's number number 32. So it had 88 weeks on the chart. 88 weeks. Still at 32. That's awesome. At 190, with 133 weeks, we have Billy Joel's The Stranger. That one probably still counts. That one definitely counts. That record is actually on the list for you. Great, because I know you have. I know you haven't listened to Billy Joel, and that that record is fantastic. I think I saw Billy Joel live. I just don't care. Did you really? With Elton John. 
holy shit really <laughs> yeah it was like a stadium tour like many years ago oh my god oh two oh two maybe oh four wow that's amazing <laughs> it definitely wasn't oh four it would have been like oh two i think that's 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 i wasn't cool. the right age i didn't care right i'm it sure was a but... bummer oh, man <laughs> wow wild at number 175, 152 weeks on the charts, we have Endless Summer by the Beach Boys. Okay. I don't know when that record came out or if that's like a new one or if it's just like floating it around. It just hit a couple times. I yeah. have no idea. At number one, no, at number 102, 199 weeks on the charts. Whew. The Rolling Stones, Hot Rocks, 1964 to 1971. So, so greatest hits. Greatest hits. Yeah. And then the one we're going to parentally see, apparently that we missed somehow all the other times we've done this pink Floyd's dark side of the moon in 1981 yeah had 385 weeks on the charts yeah we did that in the social distortion episode i said that uh i think it was yeah pink floyd dark side of the moon was at 111 with 446 weeks on the charts december 82 and i said i did the math on it and i think that's actually right wild long yeah. ass time long on time on the charts so scott i gave you the nerd notes we dropped <laughs> we know we're in nerd city <laughs> yeah we, we, are. we took a nerd cab straight to nerd street and we're in nerd city deep it, deep in the heart of nerd city deep in the heart of nerd city we went over albums release we went over billboard charts we sure did the human leagues dare yeah 10 tracks just shy of 41 minutes long it's 40 minutes 46 seconds yeah not too bad before we get into it track by track scott yeah did you know what you were expecting with human league did you know what this was going to be when you gave it to me i only i we talked about it i only knew the one track so mm -hmm. i knew the the closer yes and that's it okay so i wasn't really a hundred percent sure where i was gonna be with it i had a rough idea but yeah i i didn't know exactly what i was in for Okay. And then once you started it, Scott. Yeah. It's very apparent. It's they don't tease you. You you no. get you get what you're coming for in yeah. a human league record. Right off the bat, before we even get into the first one though, what was yeah. your initial vibe, Scott? What were you were, were you like negative immediately? Were, what what was what was going on in the head of yours? Because I know you're very vocal on here and outside <laughs> of the show about electronic music. Yeah. And this being a synth pop band, this being a Let's call it what it is, an electronic band. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Where, where was your head at? Where where was your heart at with this? Uh, I never in a million years would have thought you would bring me this record. I love this record so much. That's a wild thing for me. <laughs> like, I I did, like I said, I, I never would have expected you to give me this record. Uh, and you'll see as I go through the notes, there's some sounds here that I just wasn't completely prepared for okay all right that, that's fair i i thought it there was not an ulterior motive of i'm going to get him into electronic that's not what this was about it was a right. it was a happy coincidence that i love this record yeah. and it, it happens to be an electronic record yeah and i think it might it and again this wasn't the motive but thinking about it now the fact that it's electronic music but played with instruments even though those musics are instru those instruments are electronic yeah it's not, you know, one nerd sitting at a computer <laughs> making beats and doing 
drops. The, the, it is multiple nerds. And there's musicianship involved, you could say, even if this is the brainchild at this point by a guy who just wore cold socks. <laughs> right. So let's get into it, Scott. The opener <laughs> sure. to yeah. Human Legs Dare is the things that dreams are made of. Uh, first off, I don't think I've ever had a dream about marching on Red Square. It's a different time, Scott. It's 81. <laughs> yeah. It's 81. Yeah. We don't know what dreams are going on back then. That That's never been my dream. So <laughs> that was weird. I've never really gotten into this kind of 80s pop music. Mm-hmm. Sure, The Cure kind of have their songs that sound a bit like this, but they also have kind of a darker side to them. This is straight up like sugary sweet <laughs> 80s electronic pop that i never got into and there's something about the electronic drums that just kind of bum me out too perfect for you that there's no variation in the sound yeah it can't be i know and it's just like i think that's that's due to the time mm-hmm so so late 70s, early 80s, if you're playing on electric drums, which are kind of a brand new thing, you hit the pad and it's no matter how hard you hit it. Same sound. It's the same sound. Yeah. Same sound every time. And that, like I said, kind of bumps me out. Like where electronic drums now, they can tell if you're hitting it harder, hitting it light and adjust the the volume and, and everything for that. But um, yeah, I wasn't quite prepared. These are the things, these are the things, the things that dreams dreams are made of. I sing that all the time. (laughs) Anytime the word dreams pops up or something along like, and that's a phrase you can hear if you listen for it quite often. Every single time it's in my head. These are the things, (laughs) I can't stop myself. That's funny. Tara's not a fan of me. Oh no. (laughs) Some of these songs that I might be, a little negative on did Scott, I I knew full well what you were in for. Okay. They grew on me a bit throughout okay. the week. I will okay. say that. Because they are they're pretty catchy. They're pop like songs. They, they're they're definitely pop songs. Um and yeah they like that line these are the things that dreams are made <laughs> of like it it gets stuck in your head and you can't help but sing it. Yeah the hooks all hit. Like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. They're they're hitting bullseyes with all the hooks. What whether you like it or not, they're they're hitting oh, yeah. the bullseyes. You're you're in for it. <laughs> yes. If you're listening to this more than one time, you're singing along the second time. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to "Open Your Heart" track two. This song is so soaring and clean and upbeat and happy. I feel like I'm in a commercial for heaven <laughs> or a hospital. A commercial for heaven. Wow, <laughs> that would be a good name for an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. commercial <laughs> for heaven. Yeah, um, something about the electronicness of everything gives this song just such a sterile feeling, like a hospital, like a that. hospital. Yeah. Also, um, that's like my only thing I enjoy about hospitals is knowing it's clean. That it's clean. Yeah, like that, that... except for the people that are there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to avoid people. So if I'm in a hospital, I'm really trying to avoid people. Right, for sure. Uh, The keys and synths and like the the flute sound make me feel like I'm flying through the sky in like a Simpsons style cloudy day. Nerd shit, Scott. Nerd shit, for sure. (laughs) Uh, But the way the word tears is sung 
on the bridge made me cringe so much. I mean, it's the 80s, Scott. There's yeah. a if if you're getting one cringe per song, we're doing all right. They're very true. <laughs> the sentiment behind the lyrics is quite nice, though. But that it's not like, great. oh my god, dude. it's not great. I like you saying that he was picked as a singer based <laughs> on his clothing made sense yeah. because of that. Yeah, imagine if they had real auto tune back then. Imagine how different this would sound. Oh man, it'd be wild. <laughs> and and like abundant on this record because nerd shit. Yeah, yeah, they would not stop using it. Yeah, not no. at all. It would be all over this record. Moving on to track three, the sound of the crowd. I'm going to be coming off very negative in my notes. I know this. I don't mean to. It's not an unenjoyable record. It's just so inorganic that it throws yeah. me off a bit. And but that's also like that's the aim. Yeah. Like never once have has an electronic slash new wave band was set out to say, let's make an album that really sounds organic, guys. Right, I <laughs> let's know. make one sound that like it sounds like the grassroots. It sounds like it's touching the ground. No, they they want to sound like they're in a spaceship, nowhere yeah, near sure. Earth. For sure. I might just have to work at getting into this sound more. I think what really gets to me is the lack of tone variation in the drums. Mm -hmm. Just feels weird to me. Uh, this song was fun and bouncy, though. Definitely could see it in the soundtrack to The Wedding Singer. Okay, that's a that's a time based. Yeah, yeah, that's a time based one. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I got it. But I I love The Wedding Singer. What a great movie! I haven't watched it in a long time. You haven't? Oh man, Lucas got really into Adam Sandler for some reason, and yeah, we watched it not too long ago. Moving on to track four, Darkness. Oh man, I love the vibe switch up in this song. And that, that is one thing you could say about the electro electronic bands though. Yes. They don't have that tone variation, but it's kind of built in to what they're doing that the songs aren't going to have the same vibes right. because they you, have to switch it. They up. need to change something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get a bit of a spooky and quote unquote darker <laughs> tone to this one uh first listen and i know this is going to be a top three track i've always loved the i hear colors and see sounds concept and cliche okay uh it's great yeah it's a great song more in line with my era of 80s electropop music yeah i can see that and that's probably oki putting that more contemporary pop sounds into the songs and trying the different pop sounds into the songs. Right. Because he's, he's genuinely attempting to make radio hits. Yeah. So it makes sense that a song would sound like the hits that you like. Yeah. He's like, I got rid of these nerds. Let's bring some pop in. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a, he was a fashion nerd though. Yeah, yeah. We went from computer nerd to fashion nerd. Yeah, we sure did. So last track on side a do or die. There are some really interesting sounds going on in this track. Not sure if the winding up sound needed to go throughout the whole song, but there's some really interesting sounds permeating this entire track. Uh, I really enjoyed that. The wind up sound got a little distracting, but overall it's really enjoyable. The beginning really did it for me. Uh, the instrumental break in the middle may have been a bit long, but it didn't really bother me at all. Like it, it just felt right. I'm looking at like I'm looking at the track listing obviously while we're doing this and mm -hmm. it's weird track three and four and yeah. track eight and nine are the exact same length. 
Wow. Like three and four are both 356 mm-hmm. and eight and nine are both 458. Wow. That's weird. I wonder that. I mean, it feels intentional because side A and side B, the three and four tracks both have the same length. That feels intentional somehow. There's probably some nerd. Oh, we need to, I was going to say we need to get into it. <laughs> And then the closer is 356 also. So there's three tracks on this that record. Are 356. That are 356. There's something to that. This is a Da Vinci Code thing. Let's, <laughs> let's find out what's going on. We're going to find the hidden Roland Master MS100. I'm sorry. If you like yeah, buddy. Music. I just tried to freestyle what a synthesizer name was. <laughs> sorry. I didn't get it. But all right. So that's track. track side A is done, Scott. Let's move to side yeah, B. Right. Track six, Get Carter, the instrumental. Back to the slightly spooky sound to start this track off. Oh, it's just a quick little interlude. Didn't realize <laughs> it. Seems like a wild move for the time. Like that this record came out to have a quick little instrumental interlude. It feels weirder even to start a side a B-side with it. Normally, you, you, I put didn't, a, you put a heavy hitter on B-side. Yeah, I didn't know that this was the start to side B. And yeah, that does feel weird. But I think it's short enough that you if if you just you know it's kind of like an intro to the next song if you it throw it like if it was on a cd you could throw it as like get carter slash i'm the law right like it, it would yeah. be one or two like what's the what's the queen song like we are the champions like isn't there another song that's played with that song that's usually that on song? the radio yeah that's what yeah. i mean like you could put those like slash them slash yeah. them together like put the slash in between them is what i mean not really cut them okay Moving on to the next track, track seven. <laughs> yeah. And th- this is one that I mentioned to you because I mentioned Judge Dredd. Yeah. English police officer. <laughs> right. I am the law. Rolls right off the interlude. Kind of stark and empty feeling. I didn't mind it. There's something in his vocal inflections that kind of remind me of Bowie a bit. Okay. Or it could be that this track feels like it could be part of the Labyrinth soundtrack. That's Don't true. know. It was pretty good, though. Moving on to track eight, Seconds. I'm digging this track. Not sure why exactly. It's got all the sterile electronic instrumentation like the beginning of the record that I wasn't a huge fan of. Maybe the lyrical content is a bit more bleak, so I like it more. Um, No idea, but this is a really great track. I'll accept you liking a track and not knowing why, because I I fall in that sometimes and it just then happened. I, then I don't like it when I start investigating why I like it. So yeah. So usually I go into records you give me and look up lyrics. <laughs> you know, I don't deep dive into it because I don't want to get any of the notes that you might take. But I like, I super focus on it really heavy. I didn't really do that this week because I didn't need to look up lyrics. All the words are intelligible. <laughs> um, so I just let it let it sink in. And towards the end of the record, as you can tell by my notes, I just kind of went with it. Yeah, yeah. you you rode that wave. You hopped yeah. on that electronic wave, that new wave, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to track nine, Love Action, I Believe in Love. Okay, we're back to my not favorite sounds on the record with this you, song. So you're not into the love stuff. That's that's what got you. you it just... Listen. It feels so fake. It's too shiny. It's too it's too much of a costume for you. It's hospital love. Well, <laughs> ho- listen, hospital love band name, <laughs> album title, commercial for heaven. Commercial. <laughs> uh, just not much of a fan of this one. A lot of repeating lyrics in this one, too. Didn't really need this one at all. Okay. There's a lot of repeating at the end. That was just 
Okay, let's let's move on to the next track, please. And the next track, the closer. <laughs> then the next track is a fucking classic. The, the the actual maybe the biggest hit Human League has. Period. Maybe I, the biggest one. I imagine. Yeah. Don't you want me? Is the closer. Yeah, I mean that. I can't say anything about this song. It's it one hundred percent is a classic. Uh, it's amazing. Everybody loves it. It's a great track. Stone Cold classic. Yeah, I mean you can't, you can't fuck with it. So Scott. Yeah. Top three. Top three. Well, I'm gonna put only because it's so well known and everybody knows i'm putting it in number three okay because it didn't surprise me i knew it i knew what i was in for mm-hmm. it's a good it's a great great track so don't you want me is number three i have seconds at number two okay and then i have darkness at number one of course okay. it's it's very interesting because you definitely got something out of this record yeah and it's almost the inverse of what i got out of this record Okay. Because my top three are I'm the Law at one. Sure. Open your heart to. And then Things a Dream Are Made of is three. Like those are my favorite tracks off this, which are probably the most sterile and most electronic and most kind of individual sounding. Like they, you kind of got ones that lean more towards, uh, I, I, I have trouble saying actual music. (laughs) <laughs> because this is still music but even though that's right. all subjective yeah 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 but you lean more towards ones that maybe have more instrumentation and more actual music talent in them as opposed yeah. to i drifted to the ones that are like more creative and have basically everything stripped down to what it needed that's it yeah right yeah that is funny so let's let me give you a, before i ask you a question let me give you a quick cleanup on the human league here sure the Human League since 1978. So I'm, I'm including the two albums I already talked to in this one. Yeah. The Human League released nine studio albums, a remix album, a live album, six EPs, 29 singles, and 13 compilation records. They have had Oof. six top 20 albums and 13 top 20 singles in the UK and have sold more than 20 million records worldwide by 2010. Oh, wow. As an early techno pop act that received extensive MTV airplay, they are regarded as one of the leading artists of the 80s, second British invasion of the US. Wow. So they're considered to be one of the major second British invasions of the U.S. Okay. I'm going to be honest. This Mm -hmm. week made me want, I'm going to listen to all of Human League's discography because I have not. I may have listened to one other record. Okay. But I definitely have not listened to, especially their first two, because I always heard their first two were more kind of experimental. Right. They weren't. And we'll find out. We'll find out if it's the the pop holding me or uh, yeah. if it's the the nerd shit i was gonna say they didn't have the poppiness in the first two i know based on uh, on the uh the people involved so scott human league yeah. dare i don't know what we're getting but we'll see throne okay own phone or grown i'm i'm gonna phone some tracks on this one all right i'll take that yeah I, it's, uh, it's, it's honestly head and shoulders better than what i was expecting <laughs> i knew what this record was yeah. And I knew where you sit with a lot of electronic music. Not not in favor. I, I think that I'm lucky enough that the pop was able to grab you. I think if I bring this to you year one of our show, we don't have this. I have a feeling it would have been a pretty strong groan. Yeah. First year of the show. Yeah. But I think we've both evolved a bit in mm-hmm. our listening and enjoyment 
of certain musics? I think it it when you listen to so much stuff, because so often when you're listening to music, you do it. And this isn't me or you. This is everybody. When you listen to music, yeah. listen to what you already enjoy. Yeah. So you don't venture out much farther past that. You'll hear something right. you enjoy and you listen. Right. When we're forcing each other and ourselves to listen <laughs> to stuff outside of that realm, you do start to find things that you like and you yeah. do grow. And I think you're more aware of what you like, though. For sure. So that that's why I think the show is helping you and I as music appreciators. Right. I know. We're going to get to the point where we don't groan to anything. Yeah. Well, let's not. Have it <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm the grown king. Apparently, I. Yeah. We've been. It's been a it's been a topic of conversation since we started the show that I was the more positive one about everything. Yeah, and, and that has not. And I had correct. more groans than you by like threefold or something. It's something like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know, but I'll take an own or I'll, I mean, I'll take a phone. I'll definitely yeah. take a phone for this. Yeah. I, I really, really loved darkness. That thing surprised me and it was, it was great. So Scott, will you check out any more human league records alone? Not likely. Will you check out any heaven 17 records? Do, really not likely. <laughs> will <laughs> I got nothing else. I got another question. All right. Well, um, better than I anticipated. Okay. I, I thought this was going to be horrible. It's not. Thought, it's not I thought, horrible. I thought you were going to really pull it apart. I love this record. I own this record. I discovered this record listening to the vinyl. Like I bought the vinyl. Oh, okay. Knowing, knowing that that the closer, knowing Doja just the one track, yeah. And really, things the dreams are made of stole my heart right off the bat. Yeah. And then I'm the law is another level for me. I love it. It's such a sci-fi sounding track. It is, yeah, it is very that. I, I love it so much. So I'm I'm into the nerd shit, and I'm hoping hey. the, rest of, the rest of Human League's discography will help me there. If not, I still have this record, so hey. that's fine. Yep. This wasn't the only thing you were listening to, though, Scott. What's your no. record of the week? All right, you ready for this? Well, you have 10 of them? No, it's just one. <laughs> okay. But the title might equal 10 record titles king gizzard and the lizard wizards newest record petro dragonic apocalypse or dawn of eternal night colon an annihilation of planet earth and the beginning of merciless damnation so it doesn't have two names or as part of the name yes holy yeah shit. yeah okay Scott, so what genre is this this is so remember I went nuts over Infest the Rat's Nest. Yes. Because they did like a metal sounding thrash kind of record. Mm -hmm. They kind of got back into metal with this one. Okay. But then pulled in some more King Gizzard random shit sounds too. So you get like like hand percussion instruments and really crazy uh instrumental breaks and uh there's a bit of like aboriginal throat singing kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff going on it is wild but it's uh, like uh kind of the same sci-fi post-apocalyptic type storyline yeah. like infest the rat's nest it is great i really really enjoyed it but i'm not paying 46 dollars for the record so Oof. uh yeah it's that it was tough um but it, it was fun. It was enjoyable. I really liked it. It surprised me because Infest the Rats Nest was supposed to just be a one-off metal thing. <laughs> and I guess they enjoyed playing that kind of music, so they went right back to it. 
I feel like every one of their records is a one-off, and then they come back to the sounds. Right, right. They're a, they're a wild, wild band. My record of the week, Scott. Yeah, it's an album that would have had a would have had an episode. Oh, okay. If I if I hadn't somehow convinced you to listen to it because it was one of those records. Hey, you need to listen to this. Oh, it, my record will be Jake and Tid by Fintrell. Oh yeah, yeah. I I love that record. Found it in a pawn shop. Bought it. It's Swedish. Yep. Folk metal, but they sing in Finnish, or it's Finnish folk metal, and they sing in Swedish. It's one or the other. Something like that, yeah. But super theatrical, super yeah. folky. You, in, using instruments, I don't even know what they are. Half yeah, the time. right. I think they made them. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. I I love it though, and I'm excited. I may have I may have used this at some point before. We should probably keep a list at some point because that's going to happen, right? But I love it. Fintrell, Jacob Sid. I it was one that I said you need to listen to, and I think I had to tell you a couple times. I and eventually you got around to listening. I to think it. so. And then you were like, "No, really? Yeah, like no, this one crazy serious. folk." Yeah, metal stuff. I put off some of our, you know, our our inability to confront anybody and was like, hey, you no, probably should. just do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, do it. So we got a record of the week, Scott. All it's yeah. left is for you to tell me what we're doing next week because it's not draft week yet. It's not draft week yet. No. Draft draft week is a couple gonna, weeks. Away. It's going to be wild. <laughs> yes, um, but this week, playing off of what you just gave me. Okay. We're going to go a little bit back from 81. I think it's 78, 79, maybe. We're getting into dangerous territory for your boy. I know. I know. Like, and... I have I have a, a very shallow puddle spread across the 70s and the 80s. Right. <laughs> um, you have seen this album cover everywhere. We're going to get into Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures. I definitely have. Yeah. I definitely have. Yeah. All I know about Joy Division is uh, sad. It's it's supposed to be sad stuff. Mm-hmm. Who? Ian Curtis. That's that's what I was. Yeah, yep. that's who I was thinking of. Ian, what what other band was Ian Curtis in, or what band did Joy Division go on to do, or who 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 broke up to create Joy Division? I feel like there was a different thing there. No, I no. I think. Am I thinking of Morrissey and the Smiths? I think I'm thinking of Morrissey and the. You Smiths. might be thinking of that. Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll get into notes because I yeah. I. I don't know a whole lot about Joy Division. Well, that T-shirt with that album cover, but maybe the tent pole of emo fashion for a while. Everybody, everybody owned it. Yeah, everybody owned a shirt with this album cover on it, and never listened to the album. Well, I never listened to the album, and I never owned a shirt, so well, I'm in a rare club here. Yeah, maybe you'll listen to the album and then buy the shirt. There's only I may only have like. Th- three album shirts which i would love to have more mm-hmm. but i have rem's murmur i maybe have three copies of the same album by project pat shirts <laughs> <laughs> and then there might there might be another one in there somewhere but i would love like to have some of my favorite records on shirts but there's just it, it's always lacking when it's just like an album yeah. cover like right. you need to give me a front put the there we go. Put the back album cover on the back of the shirt. That would be cool. That would be enough for me. Just a track list. Cool. Put the track yeah. list on the back. Right. Just the the single. I don't know. And they're usually always black. Yeah. You don't do black I, shirts I've, too often. I because I, I have so fucking many. I I do too. I don't know if I've I've never seen a Joy Division shirt in a different color than black. That's uh, because <laughs> the, the, they only have two records. 
one's black and one's white. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into it. It's a, it's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming. I've been, I've been looking for the perfect time to, to bring it to you. And you think now is the time after the human league. Okay. I feel like it's the time. Well, I will say that bet we talked about last week about how going forward and backwards in years. Yeah. I don't think I have anything previous. I don't think I've been earlier in the seventies for you. So like you would have won with this. I can't gotcha. place all your bets on me giving a record later because I, I don't think I could, I mean, I could probably find something weird. Yeah. But not something I really care about enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I have anything earlier than that. So you, I guess we were doing that game where you like keep putting your hands over the back. Yeah, right. Just then, whoever, whoever wins. And then I you got, hit the top. with Joy I got Division. the top right now. Yeah. Gotcha. So Joy Division Unknown Pleasures next yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm excited because all I have associated with is sad. And right. we know where I'm at with that. Probably, probably the same way you are with electronic music. Yeah. So we'll see oh, what happens. Make sure you get the one that's not like 30 tracks long. It's only like 10 or 11. <laughs> Scott, I, I promise you, if I would have downloaded a 30 track record, I'd be like, this isn't what we're doing. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's not the deluxe version. Uh, Just go to the regular okay regular it's like 10 tracks it's very similar to a human league time i think it's like 40 ish minutes thank you for listening send us an email at are you follow the facebook group link will be a show notes follow our twitter a whale at a whale pod instagram same handle at a whale pod listen to all the Jorah media podcasts listen to what you love and listen to something new always or something old new for you is what i meant yeah Listen to something you love and listen to something new for you, even if it's a 70s record, even if it's an 80s record, even if it's a, even if it's from Nerd City, even if it's a 50s record. But I don't know. I like some 50s stuff. You like one because all the music sounds exactly That's the same. True. In the 50s. It's true. Maybe Scott, one day I'll bring you a 50s blues record. Scott, thank you for the episode. <laughs> thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Listeners, thank you for listening. Yeah, of course. Are right, you listening? Are you listening? This is the nerd episode. I'm showing it. Nerds being nerds, Scott. We're getting into dangerous territory for your boy. We know we're in Nerd City. We we took a nerd cab straight to Nerd Street, and we're in Nerd City, deep, deep in the heart of Nerd City. Tears.